Welcome to Answers That Count. If you own a business, you can count on us to give you the answers you need to succeed in all aspects of your business. And now, here's your host, Charles Musgrove. Hello, hello. Welcome back. I am Charles Musgrove, your host of Answers That Count. And you know what we do? We bring those nuggets of knowledge to those viewers out there. So we try to bring a great discussion about what's going on in the business community uh, what's going on in the business world? What is uh, what's important to the to those entrepreneurs, those business owners, those those managers out there? And today we are going to have a great discussion with our guest, Drew McLeod. Drew, thank you so much for joining us. You have this is a, a repeat appearance on the show, and uh, thank you for joining us again. This is tough times for restaurant owners, for those that are in the restaurant hospitality business. So. Thank you for joining us again, and we hope to have a, a great discussion today about what's going on in the business world, what's going on in your business, uh, the restaurant industry in particular, and even more focused down on what's happening in a, in a town like Tallahassee, Florida, and in the restaurant business. So thank you for joining us. Welcome back. Well, thanks for having me. It's, it's good to be back. It's, it's difficult under these circumstances, but I think uh, having an opportunity to express at least my views, but certainly those of my peers in the industry uh, is important because I think oftentimes uh, we're not as representative as perhaps we need to be, at least in the Tallahassee community. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's tough right now. The We all watch the news, we all watch TV, we all hear what's going on, and it's uh, it's not just on the news or, or some, some people out there that it's affecting, it's affecting us it's affecting real people it's affecting people we know and uh you you're a perfect example of that this is you've been in the industry a long time so you've seen a lot of ups and downs in the in the hospitality business and the restaurant industry in particular and this i i would without even asking you this i would i would venture to say this is probably the toughest the most difficult the most challenging times that you've had in in your history you know, without a doubt, I think 08 and 09 were difficult for for the industry uh, with the recession and the effects that that had. Um, but this is different. Y- you know, I-, I could look back on my career and I could really talk about, you know, how I built this, so to speak, or, or what we have done individually to create uh, businesses that are successful. And when I look at that, at least in today's situation or circumstance, you know, if my food's not right, you know, I, I could probably put put a little bit of blame on my chef. Uh, if the decor of my restaurant is off, you, you know, I, I could probably blame my wife, but but I wouldn't want to do that, of course. <laughs> and if I mismanaged uh, the, the, the stewardship role that I have uh, in, in terms of the finances of the business, for the team, for the morale, and for the culture – uh, and, and I failed at that, then I would understand uh, why I would not succeed. But when you have an external force that's restricting you and draining the lifeblood of your business out of you, and they have no skin in the game, um, it, it's, it's really difficult to figure out, you know, how we best proceed from here. And, and I'm finding that to be the most frustrating thing. I don't want to discount uh, the gravity of, of COVID-19 and the impact that it's had on our state and our country and around the globe for that matter. But I, but I don't believe that the way in which it's been handled locally 
has been in the best interest of the community. And uh, I care deeply about Tallahassee. I've been here for 35 years. I've had a number of businesses, as you know. And I, I have a responsibility to a team of individuals that have been phenomenal. I, I, I can't speak highly enough about the impact they've had on me in terms of creating a success like Saver. And, and I, I take it very personally. And, and, and I have a responsibility to them. And I'm not putting a gun to their head and telling them to come to work. You know, they've come to work because they love it and uh, they take pride in what they do. But, but we're seeing the effects of, of a mandate that is uh, crippling, crippling my business as well as many others. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, I thought about this before we started the show. And this is really, I can't think of a time in the past where government and business have intersected in this manner. And it's, and it's just like you're saying that things are out of your control to, to have an impact on the business. And that, that is so true. And it, you know, the dramatic look at that is what happened when they did the fourth shutdown, the fourth closure of restaurants, bars, and other, other venues in, in March. And the slow opening, if you will, of, of those venues back. And, it, you know, I know many of those viewers out there, they know the, the profitability and the profit margin in, in restaurants and in, in the hospitality industry. And it's at, at best, it's working on a very thin margin. And when you have that kind of interference and that kind of burden that you don't want to throw, throw out the word impossible odds, but man, it's so close to it that it's, it's uh, not only are the odds so difficult and, and almost unsurmounting, that, but it's out of your control too. Without a doubt. I mean, uh, at 50% capacity, very few operations at this point are profitable. Uh, at best, uh, breaking even, but I'm not seeing a, a break even at this point. And I think if you look back from when this began to where it is today, um, you know, I'm a law and order guy. You, you know, I'm, I'm going to obey and I'm going to comply. And we're going to do everything we need to do in order to keep public safety as a priority in our operation. And, and I know everybody's doing that. And uh, as well, we should. It shouldn't be anything new, really. Yeah, we've stepped it up a little bit because of this, but we've always done that as an industry. We have taken it very seriously. We are held accountable and, and we do what we need to do and what we're supposed to do. But if you look back and the reality of being closed for seven weeks, um, and I closed a little earlier than most, and I opened right when I was given the oppor opportunity to do so on May 5th. And, you know, we came out, people were excited to get out. I mean, they, they, they had been cooped up and they were tired and they, they wanted to come out. And we, we did really well. Actually, I was very surprised that uh, the, the three and a half weeks in May that, that remained, we did really well. It wasn't a break even, but you know what? It was a positive step. You, you saw people excited. Uh, you saw staff members coming back. You saw them getting off of uh, unemployment roles, which I think is important. Uh, um, we had, we had, you know, PPP money. And, and I got to tell you that that really helped. Uh, and the monies that I received, and I think that most people don't understand this. I gave a hundred percent of that to others. I took none. I haven't had a paycheck to speak of since February and I'm not a wealthy man. And so the important thing was we're given an opportunity. We're getting some support from the government and that's understandable based on the fact that we were the one industry that was forced to really, not the only, 
I shouldn't say the only, but one of the industries like gyms and, and nail salons and things like that, that were forced to close our dining rooms. We, we, we weren't given an option. And, and Saver, quite honestly, was not the type of operation that we felt we could protect our brand uh, by doing curbside delivery or to-go orders. That was just not what we were going to do. Um, so as a result, we get reopened. Things are going pretty good. We're excited. We get into June. And there wasn't, not everybody was opening. Some were still a little fearful. Some, some wanted to play it a little safer to the vest. And I get that. And everybody has the right to make those types of decisions for themselves, for their team, uh, and for their business. Uh, we, we, we decided to keep forging forward. And in June, we had a year-over-year increase of 33%. Wow, that's impressive. You know, now it's summertime. It's still not necessarily great revenues for us coming off of a fantastic session, missing out on graduation and some of the other things that really kind of boost and set you up to get through a, 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 a three summer months that are typically slow uh, and, and then gear up for football season. And so I was excited. Here we go. And then in, in uh, late June, uh, I had a conversation with uh, – my county commissioner, who I've been long times friends with Brian Delos for a long time in District 4, and had a conversation with him about what was coming. And he was pretty clear that, you know, he was going to put this mask mandate into effect. Um, I, didn't, I didn't agree. Um, I don't agree with the numbers. It seems like it was all just about positive cases. It wasn't about flattening the curve. It wasn't about uh, availability of ICU space. It wasn't really about hospitalizations or deaths. It was about positive cases. Uh, more people were being tested, and a lot of us felt like naturally you're going to get more positive results when you have tens of thousands of people getting tested every day. So we just felt like it was a little premature in, in trying to do that. Now, that's my opinion, and I know it's not a popular one or – or, or um, you know, I, I say that's, that's my opinion. Then I had a conversation with several of my peers in a, in a Zoom meeting quite like this with uh, Christian Dozier, uh, another commissioner, before this meeting that was on, I think, the 23rd of, uh, of June. And I was given assurances that, look, we don't want to do this. We think we have to politically and or from a public health perspective. Okay. At least review it every week. Right. And, and tell us what the standard is by which you would repeal it. And I was told that it would be reviewed every single week on Tuesdays and that they would yeah, make a decision based on that. I mean, it was pretty yeah. specific. And Yeah, and I believe that's what was out in the public domain, too, before it became an official mandate or law or whatever it's called. I really felt like Christian Dozer did a, a pretty fair assessment. She, she brought some of the issues we had uh, discussed with her earlier in the day to the table at the meeting itself. She turned the offense from a criminal to a uh, civil one. Uh, to date, I don't know that anybody's actually been fined. Um, I, I, I posted something that people might find offensive about some of the commissioners not wearing masks in their own meetings and yet requiring me to do it in my business. So I was, I was a bit upset about that, quite honestly. Right, right. Um, but when the ordinance came out, it said until repealed, yeah. did not say it would be reviewed weekly. And as a result, I watched the commission meeting last week, nothing there. There's, and, 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 and there's no benchmark. There's no standard by which they will repeal the mask mandate. Now, is the mask mandate bad? Well, I'm telling you it's bad for business. Okay. It's uh, perception, right? I mean, it's got to affect perception for, at a minimum. It does. So what I told you about our, our, our sales and where we were headed in June, year over year, 
33% up in July, 75% down. Bam. Just, yeah. just a gut kick, essentially. And uh, I was questioned about that. I said, hey, man, my books are private, but I can tell you, I've been doing this a very long time. I know what 75% down is. People that were already hunkered down, uh, maybe had immune, you know, compromised immune systems or were elderly or most susceptible to uh, contracting COVID and having serious symptoms as a result, they were staying home. And that's good. They should. Right. I have an 81-year-old mother. She should stay home more, you know. And as a result, I think a lot of people that are really uncomfortable wearing masks, some of them for medical reasons, some because we don't wear them all the time. We're not medical workers that have been used to wearing them. Right. And then the efficacy of them has been countered six ways to Sunday. So I'm not sure it's, like you said, not just more of a, uh, a feel-good uh, perception about right. what the masks do or don't do. And, and the reality is that we're 75% down and the business model is no longer a business model. In the yeah, sense it's not valid. That, you know, I can't keep feeding it and saying, oh, we're going to keep, you know, stay around now. Uh, I'm not giving up. I'm, I'm not a quitter, never have been, and not going to start now. But uh, it's getting serious to the point where our, a lot of businesses, you've, how many restaurants have closed in Tallahassee? At least a dozen. At uh, least, and, yeah. And, and many of them are not going to reopen. Right. And those that haven't, you know, they're just, just like the story you're telling, they're just, they're hanging on, they're looking for, they're looking for the, the uptick quickly because it's, a. I would venture to say that very few full service restaurants are profitable at this point. Now the, the fast serve and the drive throughs, yep. uh, they're, they're, they're going to be okay because most of those, uh, they probably suffered a little bit of a dip in the, when things were really shut down, but people were still going to, to the drive-thrus, to the fast serve, uh, to the pickup. So yeah, those, those are going to be okay, but that, you know, that really changes the whole, the whole environment, the whole outlook on full service restaurants like yours. It does. And, you know, I have peers and friends that are on opposite sides of this uh, situation and it's emotional. Uh, and some people have had, you know, family members and friends that have been affected, and and I, and I get that. I don't I don't believe that shutting down the economy, and I don't know what's going to be on the other side of this, Charles. And I don't know that anybody does, but I can assure you that if we continue down this path, that there won't be much left in the end, and that would be unfortunate. And the choice that citizens of this town have in terms of dining out for my business sector anyhow, it's going to be really limited because the independents don't have oftentimes the resources, you know, that the big boys do. So, um, you know, I, I would imagine that they'll, they'll weather it and they'll come back. But I can tell you when you go into them now, they're empty. They're empty, yeah. you know? Yeah, I think that's, that's a, that point is so well taken that the independents are the ones that, that's really taken it. And Tallahassee is, is uh is is a town that has we've got great eating eating options, but the independents they're like I said in the in the opening of the show that their their profit margin is not such that they can just withstand a long uh, drought like we're looking at with this COVID. And thankfully, the the government did step forward, which I think was they were some good programs with the PPP money. I think the intent of that was was very well placed to keep people employed, to keep people off the unemployment lines. And just like you said, the, the intent of that was not to profit the owners, but to keep people employed and to 
keep the businesses ready to reopen, to re-engage in their business activity once they were given the all clear. So, you know, this kind of second wave that we're looking at, second wave, not in the, not in the number of cases, but second wave in the, in the, I'll venture to say the government intervention with, with the mask and the other ordinances that you're seeing, not just in Tallahassee, but across the United States really is, it, it puts another damper on businesses opening like they should be open, like they're, like they're set up to open, like their business model is, is made. You know that there's there's no more money out there available for them to withstand another storm. No, I don't, I don't think uh, most independents, for sure, can handle another round of um, this type of deflated revenues. It's just nearly impossible. And again, you, you know, there there may be some that can shut down for a little while and then you know hold on to whatever resources you know they or we have in order to be prepared to reopen again, because I mean, obviously if you could get through to the other side, then, then perhaps <laughs> hate to say it, but it'll be a less competitive market. Uh, That's true. I think our concern at this point is certainly for me and, and in this industry is what's happening with FSU. And Absolutely. We, we, we can't, you know, if it's a different education model uh, and parents aren't coming up for specific football weekends and or orientation, uh, or parents weekend or whatever it may be, you're going to have a situation where the hotels are going to continue to be at you know, 30, 40, 50%. And those are feeding and driving the economy for certainly downtown area where I am, but you know, all areas of the, of the city. And uh, when that, when that dries up, it's going to have a huge economic impact. And quite honestly, again, people are traveling less, which is understandable. And um, you know, I, I had a, you know, run at the DoubleTree, and I'm, I'm, I'm right next door to the DoubleTree, and I, I check their occupancy every day because that affects my business in terms of, you know, who's coming over from there because we are convenient, and, uh, you know, it's just not there. Their, their yeah. occupancy is way down, 30 40%, and um, it, it's yeah. hard to, to, to get any feeder business out of that. So I think if football doesn't happen, you're going to see the whole Tennessee, Pensacola Street corridors, um, affected even more greatly than they already have been. What's going to happen with FSU if FSU doesn't start back? That's, um, you, you know, we got the secondary school, the primary education is is, um, is the other part. And, and, yeah, I think that'll have an effect on on the restaurants and on business if, if school goes back to normal. But that's not going to have the impact that not having FSU in Tallahassee is going to have to the restaurant and to the other business community. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, it, it's kind of twofold. I think none of us really know what to expect, whether or not primary schools, children go back to school and, you know, the effect that that's had on the family. Um, my wife and I have been homeschooling our children for 19 years. Uh, there's a lot of families that have not been doing that and aren't quite right. used to the new dynamic, which includes perhaps one of the parents no longer being able to work and having to stay home, that has an economic impact and might have an effect on the discretionary income being spent on dining out uh, or other luxuries that they may not be able to do, whether it's travel or, uh, you know, vacations or whatever. So I think that has a, a significant impact. That's not my decision to make, and, and I don't want to have to make that decision. I think um, anybody who's in, in a situation today as a politician, as a leader, um, as a public servant, 
which I'd like to prefer they were. Oftentimes, I don't know that they are. Um, a lot of these individuals that are making decisions on our behalf um, have no skin in the game, quite honestly. Uh, I don't think they've taken any pay cuts. Um, I don't think they've had as much loss as perhaps those of us in the trenches that have. And when you're making decisions in a, in a bubble and in a room and the impacts are so far reaching, I don't know that um, they're taking everything into consideration in the longer term view of things. Again, I'm the kind of guy who says, I don't want to see more money being poured out from the government and printing money so that my children and their children's children could end up paying the debt and mortgaging away their future. That's certainly not who I am. I don't believe in that. So it's going to be difficult. I know the National Restaurant Association has put out a new blueprint for restaurant recovery, asking for $120 billion to go specifically to, to our industry. I mean, I understand the call for it. I think what I would rather see, I would rather see in some way, and I don't know that it's possible, that they would yank off of the ballot the second amendment that will be on the ballot November 3rd about the minimum wage. And you and I had this discussion before. So Absolutely. And yeah, that's on top of this, man. That, I was going to bring that up, and I'm glad you did. That Throw that into the mix. I mean, before this COVID thing, we were dealing with – okay, we got a battle on Amendment 2 where they're going to force the increase of the minimum wage, which is going to dramatically impact the restaurant industry. So, okay, so we were battling that. We thought that was a tough battle and one with difficult odds. Then this COVID comes along. I mean, what? this has been just a devastating year for the industry. Yeah, and, and, and quite honestly, you know, I've been in, in leadership positions with the FRLA for, for years and years and years and, and greatly – appreciate everything that Carol Dover and her team have done during this crisis and uh, how they've led, you know, but, you know, we thought six months ago, Hey, we'll start raising money uh, to, to fight the second amendment and and the minimum wage issue. We can't do that now. There's no money to be had. Who has the money to support that? So it's going to be a very difficult thing when we're, we're trying to come out the other side of COVID and we're going to get hit in the face with, you know, an increase in wages beginning January of 2021, and that's just going to increase for five more years. And I don't see how um, we're, we're going to be able to weather that in addition to what we've already had to weather. Yeah, you know, it's going to be, it's difficult. And, and you know, this show so far, we've talked about a lot of difficult choices. And, and it, it looks like the, you know, we've talked about some really depressing things that's affecting the not only business in general, but the restaurant industry in particular. Um, we're talking about FSU. We're talking about the primary education system. We're talking about businesses that we know that have already closed and those that are that are struggling right now mightily that are teetering on that. So um, let's, I don't know that we're going to be able to, we got more content I want to go over. So let's carry that over into to the post show and Drew, we're going to wrap up the, the show for the radio show. And those that are listening to the radio show, go, go watch us on YouTube. Go, go listen to the podcast on Apple Podcast or whatever your favorite platform is. I'm your host, Charles Musgrove, for Answers That Count. And we've, been, we've had a difficult discussion today about business in Tallahassee, Florida, and that's affecting all, all cities across the United States. So check us out. We've got somebody... This, this joined us today, Drew McLeod. Drew, we want to thank you so much for, for joining us on the show. It's been a good show. 
we've had some difficult discussions to talk about. We've really talked about where the intersection of business and politics and business and government and the effect of that, both good and bad. So thank you for joining us. We're on every Sunday on Real Talk 93.3. We're on YouTube. We're on all the podcast channels of your favorite ones. So check us out there. Answers account. I'm Charles Musgrove. Stick around for the post show. Thank you. Answers That Count is brought to you by The Bean Team. For all your business accounting needs, visit beanteam.com for more info. You can listen to more episodes of Answers That Count on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio, or visit AnswersThatCount.com. All right, Drew, so let's uh, let's continue that talk about what's it look like for, for FSU, and you're probably like most everybody out there that you're just, you don't know right now. You're kind of probably like me, you're kind of leaning to they're at least going to, at a minimum going to have a restricted schedule uh, starting the football schedule in the fall. You know, we've heard a couple of different things. Uh, we just saw, you know, FAMU and the MEAC make a decision to not have any uh, competition or athletic activities. Uh, I don't know that that's going to sway necessarily what the ACC or the NCAA does. I, I don't know that. Uh, I know that uh, I, I talked to Coach Krikorian, who's the women's soccer coach, the other night at the restaurant, and you know they're hopeful that they're coming back in August and they're going to be able to practice and and get prepared for the season. But nobody really knows. He didn't have an answer as to whether or not they were actually going to play or not. Um, and, and even if they do play, are there fans in the stands? And, and that's of course the big question. They might be able to play games, and then you're talking taking away. You know, potentially if they just do ACC, say, for Florida State or just SEC for Florida or, you know, Alabama or whomever, then you're looking at a situation where, you know, those in-state rivalries aren't going to happen uh, for the right. first time in years. Fam, you talking about not being able to play Bethune-Cookman or uh, FSU not being able to play Florida. Um, and so we just don't know. And, and as a result, it puts us as business owners very difficult situation when we're trying to project uh, staffing issues, um, you know, we've had to back down on our staff already. Right. And then when you go to gear up again, training is is really key for me and my business. So when you look at who we are as a, as a restaurant, you know, great food, great service, price value, those are the three things we're after every single day. I think the differentiator is hospitality. And I think that's what we do really well. When you read our reviews, it's about how we treat people, uh, how we respond to circumstances when we're not perfect because we're not. And uh, that's the differentiator. And, you know, when you're, when you're training people, it takes a great deal of resource, time, and energy to get them to the level that my current staff is at. Because I've had very little turnover, and the team that I have is very well trained. They know about allergens. They know about you know, uh, food point, you know, whatever, whatever it may be that it, it could affect the guest. Uh, they're, right. they know what's there. If you're a vegan, vegetarian, it doesn't matter. We'll come in and we'll accommodate you. So, you know, staffing is a big issue and we don't know how to staff and, and I can't yeah. really spend the resources now to start training people when I don't even know if there's a football season. Yeah. You know, it's almost like we're, we're trading. I know it's not this simple, but and whatever you do, there's there's risk. There's risk when you get in your car and you drive to work that you're going to make it there safely. You're going to be in an accident. There's there's risk in everything you do, and you have to evaluate those risks, whether to do it or not to do it. And if 
whatever whatever that is, whether it's in business or just life in general, and it's almost like we're trading off a, um, a rarity or or a great uncertainty. We're we're doing everything to avoid that, and we're 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 jeopardizing to almost a certainty the failure of businesses and not taking into account the consequences of that. Well, I, I choose not to live in fear. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm exactly. a God, I'm a God fearing man. And I believe that there's a sovereign God that that's in control of all things. And so I'm not going to be anxious about tomorrow, but, mm-hmm. but I, I will tell you this, that I believe that individuals need to have the freedom to make decisions on their own. So when I think of the mask mandate in particular and the effects that it's had on my business, I would much rather have a sign on my front door that doesn't say, you know, because of Leon County Commission and their decision to mandate masks that you must, while entering our business, wear one. I would rather have a note that says, we have chosen not to wear masks. And if you agree with that, come on in and we'll take care of you. And uh, if, if that bothers you or offends you, it's much the same way. Business owners have allowed for a while. I mean, I couldn't go into Costco. I couldn't go into Fresh Market unless I had a mask on. Right. I'm telling you just the opposite. You can come in without a mask and I won't shame you, uh, which I've seen a lot of, quite honestly. You can Absolutely. come in, have a great experience. If you see at the front door that we don't wear masks, turn around and, and, and choose not to patronize my business until such a time that you are comfortable. Right. with the environment that we're providing for you. I'd much rather have that. Now, we don't have that. And as a result, I wear a mask every night. My staff wears masks, and we do what we have to do to comply with the law of the land. But I think that we're creating, you know, and you've heard it, and I've heard it, sheeple. And I yeah. think, quite honestly, it's time for a change uh, in Tallahassee. And and I would say that that's difficult to do when, when we're talking on a conservative talk show, and I'm a conservative guy. But you know what? It, it's supposed to be a nonpartisan position. And quite honestly, it's not about politics. Never should be. It, it, it's about steering our community in a direction that's in the best interest of all people and, and not just some. And, right. and we've gotten into that mentality. And I said this, and I, if you want to <laughs> include this as part of the post show, you know, I have chosen, I have thought for years about running for county commissioner. Um, I've never done it for a number of reasons. It wasn't the right time. It was probably still not the right time. And I did say in a post that I wish that I had met the deadline on June 20th after what's already happened and run against Brian Deloach. Now, you know, he's, he's probably not going to want to hear that, but his position's pretty been pretty safe for the last 14 years that he served. Um, I said I would never run against him because he is a friend. Uh, I don't like some of the decisions that, that have been made under his leadership, which it's been as, as he's chairman. But uh, I can't sit on the sidelines for that much longer and see these things happen to our community without saying, hey, who's going to pick it up and run with it? And if that needs to be me, then maybe i got to wait four years now because I missed the window this time. But uh, I'd be more inclined to do it now than ever. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that, Drew, not just you in particular, but I've heard that voice from a lot of people, not just in Tallahassee, but across other communities where it's it's time that people stood up and they, they stood for what they believed in and not just went, went with the crowd. You know, we've, we've listened to and, we've, and we're making decisions based on one, one side of the spectrum when it's a, when it's a medical side, when, when you're only looking at one set of data, when, when there's consequences for making those decisions that, that are more certain as to the outcome. I mean, if, if, if you 
if you're forced to close your business because of a, of a risk of, of a health concern, there's a, there's almost a guaranteed certainty that, that you're going to have to close your business, that you're going to have unemployed people and that those people are going to be left without money. How are they going to, how are your employees going to feed their families and take care of themselves? That's a, that's almost a guarantee. Yeah. And I I, I think that crisis is going to come to a head when the the tax base is reduced to what it would, what it will become and, and that they're all adjusting their budget. State of Florida is doing it. DeSantis cut a billion dollars or more. Uh, The city says that next year they're going to be down $23.6 million in their budget. The county's going to suffer the same thing, although a great deal of the money's coming from property taxes. I don't know that that'll change, but, but ultimately, you know, I think until and when that happens, what services are we gonna? What services are we gonna lose? You know, things yeah, that are important exactly. to this community uh, to help feeding those that are you know got hunger issues. That's important to me. That's important to us as a community. Um, and when you lose that tax base, which you're going to, yeah, and that that's what that's my point. That's almost a that's there's no guarantees in life, but that's almost a guaranteed outcome of those decisions. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's no. Three percent, twenty percent. I mean, that's all. You're looking at some dramatic numbers there, some dramatic economic impacts. It's going to affect many, many, many people. And who knows the answer to that? Certainly not me. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. You, you hope that the you hope our leaders are taking that into account. We we don't we don't always see that they are. We see the the, the decision based on one set of data from one perspective of that data. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, take a look at all the statistics that are being thrown out there that were thrown out before that aren't being thrown out now. It's all right. about new, it's all about new positive cases. It's not about hospitalizations, ICU capacity or deaths. It's really about one thing because that's a that's a big number and it's a scary number and you know, they never talk about the recovery rate is 99.7 or whatever it is. Uh, because, you know, why do we have a, a, a count up like 300,000? Great. Let's can't wait till we get to 400,000. You know, why don't we say 355,000 people have recovered? Right. You don't hear that. And uh, yeah. I think we need to hear that because it, 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 it plants a seed of encouragement and hope. And we're, we're, we're masking that, <laughs> pun intended, yeah. <laughs> with, with fear and intimidation. And I don't think it's right. Uh, to do that because it certainly puts a scare in those that might have a compromised immune system, but it's putting the scare in the consumer so that they're put into a situation where they think it's in their best interest not to. I mean, Sweden used the herd immunity mentality and had 57 deaths. Um, right, right. I'm not saying that's an answer, but I'm saying, hey, it's a lot of young people getting asymptomatic COVID uh, and not having any effects whatsoever. And we're counting that as a reason to, to mask the rest of the people. It's, it's, to me, um, not not good policy. Right. Yeah, you know, it's it's hard to do, disagree with your conclusion. And, um, you know, this show is about business and providing information to help businesses run their business better, trying to provide answers for businesses. And, you know, what we probably presented today is a lot of questions. We, we've, um, we're probably of like mindset, you and I, so we're, we're going to agree on on many things that we talked about today. And it's, it's a good discussion. It's uh, I don't think either one of us has, have said that we know all the answers that our that our way is the only way. Uh, I think we've been pretty open in that and, and looking at the other side and looking at the effect that these policies have had on businesses. Yours, yours specifically, I've, I've felt the effect of that 
in my accounting business as well, because we have clients like you. I mean, if, if your business suffers, we're a second wave of that where our business is going to suffer as well. And you're going to, and I'm, I'm sure that there's, there's a third wave that that's affected by it too. So you're the first wave, you're the direct, um, the direct interaction with a customer. I'm, I'm impacted as a second wave to you. There's probably a third wave or fourth wave of people all resulting from the slowdown or the effect that your business is having. So <clears throat> unfortunately, business is going to suffer from this. Businesses are going to have to pivot and readjust. It's going to force some businesses to really change their model totally. And, and it's, um, you know, it's an unfortunate part of business, but every business and business, there's a, there's an evolution. There's the, there's the beginning and there's the end. And there's many businesses that this is just going to force them to make the best decision on, on how to change or how to close that business. And that's a, you know, that's a bad discussion. That's a bad thing to even think about, but it's forcing business owners to go through that thought process. now. Well, well as a last note, I, I would thank those uh, that have been supportive, not just of my operation, but all of the independent operations that are going through the same struggles that I am and encourage people, you know, put the mask on. I know it's not comfortable or convenient for a number of people, put the mask on, come on into the restaurant, have a seat, have a great meal at your favorite restaurant, uh, get out there and uh, do everything that you can to keep it moving in spite of some of the restrictions that are put upon us so that we don't lose it. And uh, I, I don't want to lose our operation. I don't want anybody to lose their operations. We've seen many, many a good operator um, go down because of this. And I just want to encourage the Tallahassee community to keep supporting in spite of it all. Yeah, I would agree. I would echo that. And I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate you taking a lead. And, you know, we've had the discussion before. I appreciate your your voice and not only just the community, but you're, you're kind of a resident expert in the industry. And I appreciate you for what you've done and what how you lead the industry, your involvement in FRLA and the, the business community and the restaurant community there in Tallahassee. I appreciate that. And I know people look up to you for that. So uh, I appreciate the person you are, the, 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 the foundation that you have and what you make your decisions based on. So I appreciate that. And I echo what you say about supporting the independence, supporting the business community in Tallahassee or whatever community you're in, go out and, and buy local, support those businesses to keep them, keep them supported, keep them going in this tough economic time. So let's, uh, you know, you mentioned one thing and we'll close on this, but, but emotion is, is a strong driver in our decisions and whether that's positive or whether that's negative. And we really, at this point in time, we really need to focus on the positive and have the hope that we're going to come through this and we're going to be better on the other side of it. So we have to, we have to look to that and we have to, to uh, encourage each other during these times. So Drew, thank you for what you do. Thank you for being a guest today on our show. It's been a very good show. It's uh, we, 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 we talked about some tough, some tough issues out there right now that, that you and many other businesses are dealing with. Well, thank you. And, and thank you for what you're doing to get, you know, a message out there about, you know, who we are as a community. Appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Drew. Thank you for joining us on Answers Account. I'm your host, Charles Musgrove. Join us again next week. Look for us on all your popular podcasts. We're out there on all those popular podcast channels. Check us on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. Check us next week. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Have a blessed week. Peace.